Hey, I'm excited, man. Thank you for tuning in. My name is Tabu Kantolo. Welcome to the Mad Hat I grew upon, right at the heart of the Kalahari in the motherland, man. So now that you have decided to take a leap of faith and follow your dreams and follow your passion, that burning desire in your chest, and write that masterpiece that you have thought about since you were like six years of age, how do you start? You'd be shocked at the number of people who come to us at the Villasense Publishing Studios and say, I have written a book, how can you help me publish it? And when we say, send us the file, send us the Word document where you typed in, um, your book into, the manuscript, you'd be shocked at the number of people who then answer with, where can I come and drop the copy? Because what they have done, they have taken a notebook and written all their thoughts, written their stories, and written all their heart burnings into a hard copy book. They have taken a scribbler and scribbled their notes and scribbled their story and scribbled their book into that scribbler. When you are a publisher, that is unacceptable. No publisher that I've ever heard of accepts manuscript or manuscripts in that format. So it begs that same question that I asked at the beginning, how do I start with my project? There are a number of steps that when you decide that you want to become a writer that you must take. And in this episode, we are going to focus on those steps. How do you start your project? How do you ensure that your project proceeds to completion? Because some people start, but they never finish. And then how do you keep your manuscript safe? There are a number of people who would love to get a hold of your manuscript before it's even published. There are leaks in the book industry, the same leaks that happen in the music industry. So that's what we are going to, talk, we are going to be talking about in this episode. And thank you for tuning in. My name is Tabo Katrolo and welcome. Okay, the very first step where you start is the document setup. I assume you have a laptop, right? I assume you have a laptop, a computer, wherever platform that you're going to be writing your book. And you need a writing software. There are a gazillion number of writing softwares. My favorite and the most common one is Microsoft Word. I have dabbled on other softwares like WriteMonkey, um, WriterPro, different platforms and different softwares that you can use to write your book, right? But the most common one and the most accessible one for most writers is Microsoft Word. I would recommend it. It's easy. And most people are very familiar with it. It's easy for you to lay out your book, to use the fonts, to put graphics in the book if you need graphics in the book. So Microsoft Word is my go-to software when it comes to advising authors in terms of where to begin or where to start. Open your document. You might not have created a name for your book in the document, but then you need to name your document. Because otherwise, if you leave it as document one or document two, you're going to be looking for it for a number of days and you won't find it because you'll probably have saved other documents as document one or document two. And then it will save as document one, one, document one, two, document one, three, and it's going to be hell for you to find your manuscript. So the very first step is opening that document and hit save. Click save as, save your document and name it, right? The second step is setting up your document. You'll be shocked at how people would submit a manuscript and it's supposed to be a novel. But then it comes in A4. And while they have been writing, they've been thinking, I have 160 pages. But if it's A4, and it's supposed to be converted into a novel, which is about A5, just as an example, when you convert that A4 to A5, 
the number of pages is going to double or triple. And the author probably didn't budget for those number of pages when it comes to printing and production of the book. So the, very first, the second step that you must do is to set up your document into the size of the book that you are going to desire as the output. For novels, even for some non-fiction books, I recommend A5. Set up your document as an A5 document and then you can proceed with the third step. The third step is choosing a font. Choosing a font is not as easy as it seems. You have to choose the perfect font for your book. Different fonts are good for different books. Some books require simple fonts, um, simple science fonts, simple um, Times New Roman, the ones that come into your, with your system. But some, book, some books require you to be more creative or even to spend and buy a font which you know would suit that specific book. And that's very important. You need to go and do your research in terms of the font you're going to want in your book and then choose it and stick with it. The fourth step, the text layout. Different books have different text layout. Fiction books have a peculiar text layout where publishers will tell you that, or oh, uh, publishing agents, there is no paragraph spacing. You just indent the paragraph, you continue writing. There is no spacing that um, you're going to be spacing each and every single paragraph, double spacing as if you're writing a dissertation or an assignment. So text layout is going to be very important. So do your research, go on YouTube, do your research in terms of text layout for nonfiction books, text layout for fiction books, text layout for children's books, different text layouts for different types of books and different genres. This is what I've already said. Your book has to be typed. Some people complain that they are slow typers learn it. The more you do it, the faster you're going to become. No one is born a fast typer. The more you do it, the more you become good at it. So type your book before you submit it to any publisher or any editor or any agent. Type your book. It's that easy and it's a requirement for majority of the publishers. And then the second thing, I think on this one I'll pause and tell you a story. A heartbreaking story of mine. A number of years back I was writing my second book, An African. So I wrote, I started writing the book, I was still in amateur. I started writing the book, I put down a number of words, I think I was at around um, 12,000 words, like three chapters or so, right? I had laid out the book, done everything, I was saving my document in the, I don't know whether it was my documents or downloads or one of those generic folders that come with your laptop. And then it happened that the laptop that I was using, you know how Windows is, Windows, um, <laughs> Windows will disappoint you. There's a lot of stories that I can tell about Windows. Um, one of the stories is that a number of years back when I was doing my bachelor's degree, Windows just decided to shut down and update the whole system while I was, when I was about to make my presentation, right? So back to my story. So Windows shut down and the computer just crashed, like totally crashed. I couldn't recover anything. I lost everything. The computer wasn't backed up. I didn't back up anything in an external drive, so everything was gone. With the 12,000 words that I had written, you can imagine the hell that I went through trying. I spent like four months not putting down a single word, going from IT tech to IT tech to IT guru, trying to recover that file. 12,000 words is a lot of words. 12,000 words is a lot of words, and it doesn't matter how you had memorized the story, or how much you had, you know the story that you were trying to tell, 
there is no way you can recover the 12,000 words even from your memory. You can try and retell the story but it won't be the same story that you had written previously. So I lost 12,000 of those words. My point is this, storage is very important. Storage is very important. And it goes without saying, even for your assignments, students, if you are writing an assignment, a dissertation or whatever, storage is very important. Do not save your document in your computer. Computers crash all the time. Windows crashes all the time. Do not save your work in your computer. There are a number of options, right? You're asking yourself, where should I save? There are a number of options. Google Drive, cloud storage for free. We know that a number of cloud storage platforms you have to pay after you have used a number of MBs or GBs. But for your book, a book is an MB. It's like maybe one MB at a maximum if it doesn't have pictures. So Google Drive is an option. Go to Google, open a Google Drive. If you have a Google account, if you have a, Google, a Gmail account, you have a Google Drive, that's automatic. Save your document on Google Drive. That's option number one. Option number two, OneDrive, Microsoft OneDrive very efficient that's one of my favorites i use my microsoft onedrive all the time save your document microsoft onedrive that's option number two dropbox one of my favorites as well and all these platforms they are for free you don't pay anything there is no trial version where you have to save for the first year and then the second year you start paying no all for free all free platforms you save your book in there if there are any files uh, accompanying files supporting documents pictures images files um, graphs, they can also go into the Google Drive, OneDrive, or Dropbox. Storage is important. If you don't make that a priority, you're going to lose 60,000 words just when you're about to hit publish. When you're about to hit send to the publisher, the computer decides to crash. Windows decides to crash. So the third, third component of getting started is research. Research is one of those things where you have to learn to walk the tightrope. Walk the tightrope expertly at that. Don't just walk the tightrope because you can do too little research or you can do too much research. So you have to, to have that balance of, I have done just enough research. Only you can know how much research you need for your book and how much research that you have already done, whether you know that's enough, right? Research is key. You need to research the type of genre that you're writing under. There is fiction and fiction has subgenres under it. Under fiction, you can have dramatic fiction, you can have thriller action, romantic fantasy fiction, different types of fiction writings or genres. You can have different types of genres under fiction and nonfiction as well. There are different genres under nonfiction. It can be self-help, it can be Christianity, it can be motivation, biography, autobiographies, different types of genres. Under each of those, you need to do research for your book. If you are going to write a fantasy fiction, research on fantasy fiction. The types of writers that have written fantasy fiction. The number of books that have been written on fantasy fiction. The types of books and what, how those books have been written. The style of writing of those authors. Right now, I'm reading Chinua Achebe's Arrow of the Gods. The dialogue is perfect. But now I'm reading it with an open mind of I'm doing research. I'm reading his style of writing. That's the type of research that I'm talking about. You have to research on style. You have to research on, in terms of the market, the market for your book. When, when you put out your book, does it have a market? Right now in Botswana, I can tell you this, and some people have debated with me on, on that simple fact. The majority of 
people who read books in Botswana, well, the ones that I've interacted with, they mostly want non-fiction books, business books, self-help books, marriage books, Christianity books. There's a very small demographic of people who read fiction books. So when you write fiction, you have to be aware of those elements, those themes, those issues. Because otherwise you're going to find yourself with 200 copies and no market for that type of book. When you decide to write Fifty Shades of Grey, for instance, a type of book like Fifty Shades of Grey, what is the market for it in Botswana? Would they want it? I'm not saying they wouldn't. There's, there's a huge market for erotic fiction in Botswana. But you have to be aware of it. You have to know whether the market exists. And then the style of writing, the dialogue. Because it's very disappointing, and I'm sorry to say this, it's very disappointing when you pick up a book in Botswana, written by a Botswana, and then you, you go through the book, and then the style of writing is just whack, man. And like I said, I'm sorry for this. But then it's something that we must improve on for ourselves, for our industry to be taken seriously. For global publishers to come to Botswana and say, we want Botswana author. For them to come here and give us an ear and decide that we want to publish authors from Botswana because of their brilliance and because of their stories. We have a lot of beautiful stories that we have to tell as a nation. We have a lot of untold stories historically, um, from historical events. When you talk about the Mendi, when you talk about Khosimatiba, when you talk about Sibetwani of the Bakololo, when you talk about Sichele, David Livingston walking all across Botswana, when you talk about Mzilika as a tearing through Botswana, when you talk about Nswazwi and Tekedi, and all those stories haven't been told adequately if I can say so. So we need those stories to be told, but for them to be told and taken seriously, they have to be told effectively. They have to be told with the utmost diligence, and that's what we need. And for that to be to happen, for the authors, the people who take the baton and say we're going to do that, have to research. Research on style, research on the genre, research on the market, all those things, take care of them, and you won't fail. The next step is the book cover. I don't know whether I should have mentioned this at the very first step because for me personally, the book cover comes first. And once I have the book cover, I know the direction of my book. Like I am, I believe in pictorial, in being pictorially artistic. I work on the book cover first and then the book cover, once I have the book cover, I know the direction my story is going to take. I'm not saying start with the book cover, but the point is this, start thinking about it. Even if you don't do it at the beginning, even if you don't prepare it before you start writing your book, start thinking about the book cover. Do you want your face on a fiction novel? No, you don't. Even if it's non-fiction, not all non-fiction books have to have your face on them. Do you want your face or do you want um, generic Google pictures on your book? Start thinking about the book cover and it will save you a lot of trouble when now you've done typing 60,000 words and you're saying you want to go for publishing, but you don't have a book cover. And now you have a headache because of the book cover. And trust me, the book cover is, is a headache. But if, and this, is my, this, this would be my advice to you, if you had taken care of the book cover at the very beginning stage, it becomes easier for you because when you are writing the book, as your story evolves, your book cover can evolve with it because now you have a template, you have a concept of what the story looks like and what the book cover looks like. Even if it does, even if the initial book cover that you designed at the very beginning is not the final book cover. The book cover can guide the direction of your book. And I think I can say this for fiction writers especially. The book cover at the beginning of your writing journey will save you a lot of trouble. So for me, the book cover comes first, but I would advise you, even if it doesn't come first for you, 
start thinking about it. Start visualizing your book inside that package. Because the book cover is a package basically. It's a package within which your story is going to travel across the world within it. It's a transporter for your book. The book cover is what people see in a bookstore before they even decide they want to buy your book. So start thinking about the book cover. And then the most important part, the most important part about your book, the story structure, chapters. You can call it chapters, you can call it the structure, you can call it themes, you can call it whatever you want, but your book, you need to work on the structure. You need to work on the table of contents, if you can call it that. You don't necessarily have to call it a table of contents, but that is the structure. For me personally, every book that I've written, I start with a table of contents. After the book cover, after um, setting up the document, the next step for me is the table of contents. Because in the table of contents, that way, that's when I can decide epilogue, prologue, if you need a prologue, introduction, chapter one, what's in chapter one? Chapter two, what goes in chapter two? And what the precedence of the chapters. And then it guides your story in terms of where it's going to end. Even if you don't know the ending of your story, but have a theme in terms of what theme needs to lie at the very end of my book. So the story structure is a very important aspect of beginning your, your, your writing journey. After you have done all those, the next thing that you have to do is consistency. Consistency. Talking on consistency, I'll quote Chuck Wendig. Chuck Wendig is the writer of one of my favorite books. It's, it's, it's called 250 Things You Need to Know About Writing. He says, stones are polished by agitation. Stones are polished by agitation. Even the roughest stone is made smooth by agitation, motion, and erosion. The writing journey can be rough, yeah, of course. It's a given, and it needs to be. But you must write every day. You must submit yourself to criticism, start a blog, or write on Facebook, whatever you do. Write on, on Twitter, submit yourself, submit yourself to criticism. Let people know what you are capable of. Let people know your style of writing so that when you announce I'm releasing a book on the 24th of February, people know what to expect. People know that I have seen his writing before, I have seen his thoughts, I have seen the way his mind works. That's the best way to sell yourself. Submit yourself to criticism and embrace it. Embrace criticism. Don't fight criticism. Criticism, when you are a writer, is one of your biggest building blocks. It builds you better than anything that um, you can do for yourself. Look into that dark hole for answers, not fear. That's it. Consistency. Be consistent. Write every day. If you're not writing every day, write every week. Have a schedule of... Schedule your writing. Schedule your writing that on Wednesday, I'm going to spend two hours writing. I know we live busy lives. We have families. We're married, we have spouses, we have girlfriends, we have people that you have to impress on social media every single day. We are busy people. You have work commitments, you have this, you have that. But if your dream is to become a writer, a successful writer, schedule the writing. Be consistent at it. Pound on paper every single day until your fingers bleed. Write every single day. Be consistent. So that is how to get started. That is how you begin your journey into becoming a bestseller, a writer, a person that you've always envisaged yourself to be, the writer of your dreams, man. My name is Tabo Katrolo. This is the man that I grew upon. We are on all streaming platforms. Peace, man.